This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good evening, and welcome back to the Behold podcast, everybody. This is a fine uh, Wednesday afternoon as we record this. We're sitting in the uh, air-conditioned studio of Valley Bible Church, and the three of us are having a great day, and we hope that you are as well. Speaking of the three, this is Sean and Dan, as usual. Holding it down. And today we have quite the treat. I forget if we even gave a spoiler. We did. Okay, so I'm sure you've been anticipating this all week long. Here it is in the flesh, Mr. Luke Greenaway. Thank you for having me, guys. Pleasure, honor to be here. Yeah, so first time on the podcast. How are you feeling? You a little nervous or what? You feeling good? You feeling loose? You ready to rock? I, I was feeling nervous on the way here, but after getting my priorities straight it's about him and not me, feeling feeling good. Anyone listening knows, who's listening for any amount of time knows, you don't have to be professional to be on the Behold podcast. Yeah, we're just a, we're just a, you know, just a, a couple of dudes just figuring it out, figuring out life, trying to build each other up and encourage each other. Um, but since it is your first time on the podcast, um, some people, you know, may, may need, they need to know what's going on in your world, right? So, um, father of two, uh, he, uh, I mean, who who are you? If, I don't, if I don't know you, who why are you here? Who who are you? You you just moved back. You just moved your your parents into to yeah. a house. Just remodeled the whole situation so you yeah. guys could kind of have a little duplex thing going on. He's the uh, the the faithful, fearless leader of our middle school ministry. He and Elise uh, rock that show. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but. Parker, my oldest, is is officially in the middle school ministry as he's going into sixth grade next year. Wow. So he's been going to some of the summer events and just he's just having a blast. Mm. I picked him up the other night. Luke and Elise were hosting a, a s'mores night. And I mean, what a vibe. When I picked <laughs> him up, I was like, dude, I want to be in the middle school ministry. This is so <laughs> legit. So anyway, kind of tell us, tell us how you've been and what's been new and what, what are you encouraged about, you know, in your family and ministry? Like, yeah, what's going well? Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, the Greenaway life has been full. Elise and I just celebrated our 10th anniversary. Wow. 10. Um, that's big. Yeah. Shout out to Elise. Um, and every year we, we, we think at the end of the year, as we kind of assess what happened this year, that God could not make our lives any more full. <laughs> and every year we look back and go, wow, that year was more full than the year before. Yeah. Um, and by full, you know, that's an accumulation of, it's all har- encompassing. of hard times of of smiles and tears and wonderful moments, challenging moments. Um, so yeah, just grateful for that. Grateful to celebrate year 10. She reminds me now that the middle school students that are coming in like Parker, who are, he's 11. Yeah. Uh, he was born the year that I started serving as the middle school pastor and she wow. and Elise partnered with me. So Elise likes to remind me of that. 
Um, yeah, 11, Dude, that kind of blows the mind a lot. That is yeah. crazy. So 11 years ago, I committed to doing it for one year. It's been a long year. It's been a, <laughs> it's long, been a long year. year. <laughs> so I, I'm still have the same mindset. Um, one year at a time. That's so good. So it's, wow. been, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Tell us something from the summer that just gets you fired up and excited about, about where the ministry's at or where it's headed. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm always sad every summer because there's a group of eighth graders who are growing up and heading to high school. Yeah. Um, and then I'm excited when new incoming sixth graders come. So the, those those things are a blessing to me. I didn't realize it would be such a big deal for me. So excited for the new incoming sixth graders. Um, and then we have a couple new leaders that um, have decided to team up with us. And that's just a, a blessing when there's a, another adult who feels the call. Yeah. And, and honors that call. So looking forward to the relationships with those leaders too. That's cool. I love that. Well, yeah. it's great to have you with us, and I'm I'm excited for Parker to to explore the the, the strange, awkward, wonderful jungle that is middle school. And I'm glad he has uh, he has some people <laughs> like you and your team to to help guide him along the way. So, what cool. a blessing! Thank you for entrusting him with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow, uh, it really is a special burden. <laughs> That you have taken up working with middle schoolers, so thank you for doing that. You know what? I'm an, I, <laughs> in some way, middle school students are subhuman. They're just, they're not and, quite fully there. And we there. know it's a joy. We know you love them. We <laughs> no, know that it's I, a special season. But <laughs> I just not everyone's built for it. And you really that's true. He's you, different. You Luke is good. different. He's built different. Let the little children come. <laughs> yes. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, okay. Well, enough about Mr. Luke Greenaway. Mm. Not that we don't love you. But we're here to talk about Jesus. That's right. Amen. And so let's turn our eyes and, and ears and hearts towards the book of Luke, mm-hmm. which is where we've been at VBC for the last eight months or so. And a lot is happening. All right. Uh, Jesus has taught a lot. He's done a lot. He's performed miracles. And really this week on Sunday at the crossing, um, it's kind of a pivot point in the book of Luke. And you know, last week, the week before that, Jesus kind of had this epic moment on the mountain, shining like lightning and just really establishing, again, I am God, you know? And then this week, right off the heels of that, he it says in the text, he, he literally turns his face towards Jerusalem, is going to begin now on the road to Jerusalem to mm. do what he's going to do there on the cross and what he's going to secure for you and I. Um, and so it's a real pivot point, like I said, in, in the book of Luke. And right along this pivot point, right in the midst of it, Jesus does what he's been doing all throughout Luke, constantly with his disciples, which is reminding them of things he's already told them. You know, all the time you see this, uh, he says something and then he has to say it again, guys, where's your faith in this? You know, and he does another thing. And then again, they're just, they're so fickle and so back and forth. And Jesus is so faithful and kind in reminding them of these things constantly along the way, helping them along the way. And so now as he pivots towards Jerusalem, once more, he finds the disciples and based on the way that they're talking to each other, based on things they say to him, based on what, he, they ask him if they want if he wants them to cast fire down upon rejectors, things like that. Jesus is like, hold up a little minute. Okay, we need to remind you guys of what my kingdom is about. Mm-hmm. Because the way you're acting 
it's it's reflecting your worldly expectations. It's reflecting mm-hmm. your own desires. It's not reflecting what I've told you about what the kingdom of God is concerned with and how you're to live in that kingdom. And so Nate did a great job in this section of the end of Luke chapter 9, identifying just these six areas or six aspects of God's kingdom that Jesus really uh, reminds them of, you know, and he basically through these different things, these six things really rebukes them and say, Hey, this is what the kingdom is about. And like I said, it's these six aspects. And so we just thought maybe today we would dig into it a little bit and just talk about in our own lives and our own arenas, how we've seen some of these aspects or areas be challenging in our own lives, you know, because just like the disciples, you and I, we all forget all the time. <laughs> our perspectives get skewed all the time. And just like for them, the Holy Spirit and the word, they need to realign our perspectives, right? To, to, to what God wants out of our lives and our time and our energy and all those things. So all that said, I'll open the floor to you two handsome gentlemen. Mm-hmm. When you look at this list of these six aspects of the kingdom, what are some things that, I mean, I'm sure all of us could grow in all six, to be honest, but what are some of the first things that slap you guys with? Oh yeah, I need to maybe take a look at that area. I'll yield to the more handsome oh. of the two. Our guest, cool. Luke. Thank you. Plus, it's easier for you to be more vulnerable, and I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll, I'm going to let you kind of set the tone. Dan's just going to say, yeah, ditto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I uh, to add to just the intro of this passage, it seems like Jesus has identified in his disciples a lack of understanding of the heart of God. Um, and Jesus knows that if they understand the heart of God, they'll represent God mm. better mm. and and more authentically. And so I think it's a I think Jesus has like a twofold concern. Yeah. One is genuine concern for the people, genuine concern for his disciples, knowing if they understand the heart of God, their lives are gonna be the way that they should be. Yeah. And then as they grasp the heart of God, they'll represent his father. So hopefully I think we'll see that, like a trend as we're talking about um, going through this. Dude, let me jump trend. in on that because yeah. I, think, I think that's really a cool point because there's there's no difference between a king and, and his kingdom, mm-hmm. right? The, the kingdom is always going to be a reflection of the type of king mm-hmm. that you have. And so if you're, if you're wanting to grow and being a citizen of that, of, of the kingdom of heaven, then where you start is understanding what is the king like, yeah. you know, what, what is he all about? Yeah. And so I think that that is such a, an important point and it'll, it'll help us stay centered as we go through all this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna kind of what caught my heart, um, is uh, coming from Luke nine, fifty nine. Um, Jesus said to another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And I guess what first strikes me um, there is the follow me. Um, why does Jesus really care <laughs> that this dude follows follows him? And 
you know, it seems like, um, and what makes most sense to me is, you know, Jesus, Jesus doesn't need a following of people, but he knows that in following him, people will see really how to walk. And in really seeing how to walk, they're going to live the way that God created them to live. So, um, yeah, Jesus says, hey, follow me. And um, he's, he could see in this guy's heart that this guy had concerns that were bigger than, that were uh, opposed to just following God. Well, it kind of sounds like an excuse, right? It's a reason not to do yeah. What are you saying? Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a good excuse. And that's the thing. Like, right, it, right. especially this, this culture, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like it's dishonoring to my dad if, yeah. if, if I don't bury him. Um, and maybe today it would be like God calling a dad to take a pay cut. Um, because, um, it would allow him to be home with his kids more. Yeah. Right. It's countercultural. It, uh, the culture There's would a cost. say. There's the, a big cost. Yeah. The culture would say, no, 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 no. Like you could, if you make more money, you can retire earlier. You can be more time with your kids later <laughs> and you can provide a better, or you can provide more for them in life. Um, and so it would, it's a big, it's a big big culture shock what Jesus asked this guy to do Um, but again Jesus knowing what is best for man is to follow him yeah and uh, so yeah I I think for me personally that that's the the big challenge that that I want to take on every day to follow follow Jesus despite what he might be asking me to do and how it might really be challenging my perspective on life. Yeah, the 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 principle that the way that Nate worded it is basically this this kingdom proclamation, this uh, you know, helping in God's plan to unfold his kingdom is is not something we do casually. It's 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 the primary feature of of our life with Jesus is mm-hmm. Where if we're if you're if you love Jesus, you love his kingdom and you're gonna proclaim it. And that's everything kind of centers around that. And man, I think if appreciate your honesty, but I think I think we could all probably look at our lives and say that's not always true of of our situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and again, and I don't God, Jesus needed nothing from this dude. God needs nothing from us. Um, but he knows what's best for us. And so, yeah, the question is, do we trust him when he asks us to do things? Well, and I like the example of the father. I don't like it, but it's, it's fitting. That's the example of the guy burying his dad, because that is a super important thing to do. Right. And that is like, from that guy's perspective, of course, he's like, no, I'm caring for my family. I'm being a, a, I'm being a loving and responsible son or husband or whatever by doing this. Right. But Jesus says, no, there's nothing more important in your life than following me and proclaiming the kingdom, you know? Mm. And you brought up like the, the kids thing. Well, I mean, that's also an easy example on the flip side is like, we will say things like, oh, no, I need, I need to do what's best for my family. Yep. 
I need to not do that so I can be home with my family on that Saturday or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder if Jesus looked at our lives and our schedules, all kind of stuff, how many things mm-hmm. he would point out and be like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're not doing what I asked you. You're not following me. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, this, this dovetails really well with the, the one that jumped out to me, which is mm-hmm. the point right before that of discipleship guarantees fellowship with Jesus. So that's the promise that, when we follow Jesus, we'll, we'll be close with him. We'll be intimate with him. We'll have that same unity that he has with the father with him, but it doesn't guarantee earthly comfort. Mm-hmm. And in Luke nine fifty seven and 58, it says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, mm-hmm. which man, what an eager beaver that guy was, you know? <laughs> and, and that's like, sometimes. I think these, that's how we all start. Off. I know exactly. Sometimes <laughs> there's these, there's these, these, uh, you know, characters that you see Jesus have interactions with. And like, I think about like the rich young ruler in, in Mark 10, where it's like, this guy comes to Jesus and is like, Hey, what do I do to like receive eternal life? And it's like, man, the, as, as an evangelist, you're like, dude, this person's being delivered to me on a silver platter. Like, this is amazing. Like this person wants to, to go to heaven. Like I'll, I'll give them the gospel, you know? And Jesus totally just goes a different route. And he, you know, Jesus has the, the incredible uh, advantage of knowing how to see into people's hearts. You know, the spirit would give him insight as Mm -hmm. to what this person is thinking or what's in their heart or what, what's going on in their life. We don't, we don't have that insight always, Mm But anyway, Jesus, you know, he always has these different ways. Like with the rich young ruler, he he ended up, you know, telling him, hey, go sell all your stuff and then come follow me, you know? And he's like, oh, man, I can't. That's too tough. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So And so the rich young ruler leaves, he leaves sad, you know? So I think this is a similar situation where where Jesus is knowing, knowing what's going on in, the, in this person's life is 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 going to basically cut to the core of what's going on and, and, and expose what needs to be exposed. And so he, Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Yeah. So he's basically saying, if you, if you want to follow me, like you're not going to, you're not going to have, you're not going to have what the foxes have. <laughs> exactly. Do you like, think he knew, you think he knew that this guy craved the comforts of, uh, I don't know that, but but it seems it seems reasonable to me that yeah. that that there was um, hmm. maybe not accounting of the cost, yeah. and that's why it. Jesus had to say, "Hey, th- this is a this is a if you want to, is this the same passage where he's like, you can't drink of the the cup that I drink, like, hmm. or, or you know, it's hmm. like it's like you you want to be this great hmm. person in my kingdom, yeah. like, can you can you follow really follow my footsteps? Can you actually do this?" Yeah, and this whole section seems to be Jesus reminding his followers, like, this is what life with me is like, you mm-hmm. know? So whether it was this guy specifically or the whole group, he's like, no, 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 I need to remind these guys what the cost really is. Yeah, and so for me, as I, as as Nate was teaching that on Sunday, it, it definitely, the Lord was speaking to me just about, sometimes I get sideways with what I maybe expect this life to be. And 
there is so much joy and peace and comfort and treasures forevermore at the right hand of God. Like in, Jesus said, you know, in John, John 10, I've come that you may have life and have life to the fullest, right? And he's, he, he's the one who says, hey, if you're weary or heavy laden, if you have a burden, come to me and, you, and I'll give you rest. There's, there's, a, there's joy and life and love in Jesus. Hmm. But it's so hard for me in the pursuit of that, it's easy, I guess, for me in the pursuit of that to, to get sideways and, and all of a sudden start to expect those, those uh, treasures to be earthly <laughs> rather than eternal, yeah. um, those treasures to, treasures to be material rather than spiritual, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And obviously, I think one of the a great passage to consider in this whole thing too is, is Matthew 6, where, where Jesus is, is basically teaching, hey, don't worry about the, the, the material things that you need, where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Your father in heaven knows that you need those things. Don't chase after them. That's what, that's what the unbelievers do. That's what people who don't know the father do. But what are, you, what are we supposed to do? Seek, seek what? Seek first the kingdom, kingdom. And, and, and its righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. So it's like, it's a, it's a priority thing. And, and I think for me, it's easy to get for that to get out of whack. And where it will show up is in my prayer life. And I think in just my attitude, maybe just a subtle, a subtle shift in the types of prayers that I'm offering. Um, Maybe I'm asking for him to uh, relieve suffering a lot, (laughs) you know, as opposed to, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to refine me through the suffering, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's a, a shift in my prayer to, to ask for, more money or mm. more, um, you know, easier relationships or <laughs> whatever, mm. as opposed to asking for his glory to be magnified in my life or his joy to be magnified in my life. It, my prayer life can, can easily shift to be kind of selfish, you know, mm. and that's something I really need to keep an eye on. And then I think also what can shift is just my, my adult attitude, mm. you know, when things don't go my way or don't get what I expect, there's, there can be a, an entitlement, a mopiness, uh, you know, a discouragement. And I think it's just really easy for me to focus on building my earthly kingdom rather than building the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And yeah, I think not that God is against us having homes or providing for our kids or um, even saving for the future. He's not, he's not against that, but <clears throat> That's not what his kingdom's about. Yeah. I think a, a word to think about is just contentment, you know? Yeah. Um, and the same idea, like I'm thinking about this a lot because I'm teaching tomorrow in the gathering. And right now in the gathering, they're in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. And this section for this week, it's, it's right in this theme of, you know, laying your treasures in heaven and versus here, you know, and that theme of, of where are you going to set your eyes on? versus here the theme of uh, you can only serve two masters you know or sorry you can only serve one of two masters and it reminds me of like a picture of like i don't know i'm sure you've all seen like on youtube or instagram 
those like funny accident plays where it's like a football game or something and then bloopers yeah someone fumbles the ball and the dude like runs into a touchdown and is all stoked but it's like the wrong touchdown zone you know what I mean because <laughs> he he got confused mm. and all of a sudden he's he's playing for the wrong team but he doesn't even realize it you know he's he's running as hard as he can thinking he's running the race well but he's serving the other master you know and I think we often do that in our lives whether it's a big fumble moment like there's some kind of like hardship or big deal kind of things, or it's more subtle and we just like get confused and we lose. And like, like we've talked about so much on this podcast, oftentimes the lines are blurry where it's like, Oh, like Danny, would you just describe? It's like, it starts off as I want to provide for and protect my family. That's an honorable, good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then before we know it, we're sitting here just like, God, make it easier for me. <laughs> God, give me more money, whatever it is. And so I think that word contentment is a great one to think about. Mm-hmm. It's just God has given you what he's given you. Are you content? You know, are you, like you said, the prayer thing, is your prayers composed mostly of gratitude for what you have or is it composed more so of asking for more, you know? And if you are asking for more, why are you asking for more? Uh, and it reminds me of, of Paul talking to Timothy where he says godliness with contentment is great gain, you know? And then he goes on to talk about how having a love of money, it's like the root of all evil, basically. Um, and for us, us, I mean, I know we have a ton of different financial backgrounds in our church and listening to this podcast and whatnot. And yet still, even like the bottom of the bucket for us is abundantly wealthy compared to those hearing this message from Jesus right now, you know? So I think to some degree, all of us identify with this issue of just trying to to balance being a follower of Jesus in a world where we do want more stuff. We do like nice things, you know? And like you just said, or like we just said, it's, that's not the point. The point isn't you can't have nice stuff. The point is, are you content with your life or not? You know, because yeah. well, if you're discontent, it'll totally shape the narrative of your heart, right? Well, let's talk about that. I mean, what I'd love to hear from you, Luke. You seem like a very centered, peaceful, content individual. Uh, but what are some ways? That, I mean, what does God offer us in terms of cultivating contentment? Yeah, I love listening to you guys. Um, I'm chewing on what you guys are what you guys are talking about. Um, it something that kind of stands out to me. It seems like Jesus is challenging this guy. This guy's covenant. So this guy basically goes, "Hey, I'll follow you wherever you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I a covenant. I pr- I promise you." And wow. it seems like Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. let I'm gonna take that like a grain of sand. Let me tell you what that means if you're gonna follow me wherever I go, right? Like, I don't gotta, uh, I don't know homeless. where I'm sleeping tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So before you make that promise, think about that, and and maybe even in my section, um, you know, the the guy says, uh. God says, follow me. But before you make that covenant, if your dad has something, he you know, he passed away, there's going to be cultural callings on your life. I may ask you to leave that, leave that behind. And um, I had the privilege this year to marry a, a beautiful couple. And uh, they were going through their vows, you know, their, that covenant that they were making to each other before God. <laughs> And um, after being married now for 10 years and they're going to enter in their first, I was just like, wow, they have no idea <laughs> what they're promising right now. In sickness, in health, in, riches, in richer or poor, better or worse, 
do these does this young couple realize what, what they're getting into <laughs> what better or worse could encompass for them yeah um not that they could ever grasp what's coming for them right we can we only know what we know but it does seem like Jesus does want us before we make a covenant with him to follow him to really think through what that actually means mm. um because there's going to come a day where we're not content and and we think we're un, unfairly treated potentially and then we have to fall back on what we what we promised hmm. um and maybe that promise maybe that is when the promise matters i mean most and um my dad told me this years ago he said uh you know, I, re- I love your mom, and I tell her that I would die for her. But she asked me to pick her up from the San Francisco airport. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just really struggling with um, surrendering his time and to do that. And, and it was cool. It was just humility that he, was, he went and picked her up. But, um, yeah, I think... The promise and the covenant really matters when it matters. Mm. You know? No, it's a good example of, I think most of us, if you ask us flat out, hey, are you willing to sacrifice for the kingdom? Like, heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know? But then it's the more like nuanced everyday moments. You're like, ugh. You, you know what I mean? Uh, which that kind of, I mean, it, it's all in the same theme, but it leads into probably the area of the kingdom that I was thinking about a lot, which is the first one. And basically what's happening is, um, which is funny because Jesus just told them right before this part in Luke, he's made it clear twice. Like, guys, here's the plan. I'm Christ and yet I need to go die, you know? And then right off the heels of that, the disciples are arguing about which one of them is the greatest. Like, it just seems so stupid, right? (laughs) Like, anyway, so that's happening. And then Jesus responds to them he rebukes them basically by grabbing a little child. He's like, which of you is going to receive this child, you know, and serve this child. And he used that picture to say, this is the deal. Whoever is the least among you, that's actually going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Because culturally, going back to the cultural stuff, that is not what you would do. (laughs) A a teacher and a rabbi and a man, they would not go and serve the needy children, right? That's that's beneath them. Uh, But Jesus' point is, this is what I came here to do. And what I'm asking you to do is to, to be a servant, not, not a ruler or a leader, you know? And that just struck me because, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem serving the children, <laughs> you know, but I do think in just in that, that opening bit of their arguing over who's the greatest, I like being good at stuff. You know what I mean? And I don't particularly care if like you think I'm good at something, but there's something about my inward perspective of myself where I get some kind of gratification or satisfaction in being great at something. And I'm convinced that that's a a bad quality more often than it's a good quality. (laughs) You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's like, man, if we are living that way with our hearts and our perspectives of ourselves, or we're, 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 we're setting the bar for how successful we are in life based on how good we are, whatever we're talking about, you know, again, we're missing the point of the kingdom. Mm. We're missing the point of, of striving to lower ourselves in humility daily for the benefit of others. Mm. You know, we're, we're missing that, 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 
that piece of, man, if we are all desiring to, to make ourselves less for one another all the time, like what, what will that do for our church family? What will that do for the kingdom of God and the image of Christ, right? And so often right now, when you see the, the negative perspective towards Christianity and Christians, nine times out of 10, it's because they're not doing this. They're, they're not seeking to be the least in the kingdom. They're seeking for self-gain and all these other arguments are flowing from that, right? Wow. And so, I mean, even like, I joked about it before the podcast, but even like, we're so, Satan is so cunning. <laughs> He's so good at convincing us of things that we can even be like at a, at a church event and be like, oh, I'm going to stay late and, and pick up all these chairs, you know? And then you just, in the back of your mind, there's a thought of like, I'm the best chair picker upper tonight. Such a good servant. I'm so humble. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, even in that, we're trying to be the best, the, the greatest of the disciples, quote unquote, through our serving and through our works. And Jesus is calling out the heart. But guys, you're missing it. You are not really in your heart and your mind and your attitude seeking to be the least of us. And so for me, I've been thinking about that just in this theme of Luke the last couple of weeks of just, man, it's so easy, especially outside of this building when we're out in our separate jobs or schools or whatever. It's like, that's not how the world works. <laughs> the world tells us at the very end, all these things they tell us, you need to live for yourself, build up yourself as much as you can. You know, you build up your brand of who you are and your LinkedIn profile and your reputation. And that's what's going to give you success in the world. That's what's going to give you credibility yeah. and, and worth. And man, it's just so opposite of what Jesus calls us to. Yeah. And so especially for me, because I work in the church and I work out of the church, I'm constantly having to go and, and balance that in my heart of just, am I, am I slipping? Am I all of a sudden playing for the wrong team right now? You know? Yeah. So, Do you guys think, obviously Jesus exemplifies this humble service. Right, like sure a heart of a, a of a servant. He he exemplifies that perfectly. Sure does. Does God the Father exemplify this as well? Oh man! Usually we're the ones asking you the question. This is not how this works. <laughs> okay, you can't just be a guest here and just totally turn the show upside down. Denied. I mean, yeah. I think um, obviously <laughs> Jesus is God, and yes. But I think that they, they, it manifests itself differently, you know. Hmm. Like I, I picture Jesus in his humility and what he endured, taking the form of a servant and being obedient to death on a cross. That's an obvious example of that, mm -hmm. right? But then I look at, you know, God, and I'm just trying to put myself in my sh in his shoes of <laughs> of Be if I if I had to give up my only child for your benefit, you know, I'm not sure there's anything in my life that I could give up that would be more hmm. painful for me and more of a giving up for your benefit. That's so much more than me buying you lunch, so much more than me buying you a house, you know, giving up Wendy for your benefit, hmm. I think would be the ultimate example of me humbling myself for you. It's a sacrifice unlike any other. Right. And also, God the Father makes his his heart known in so many ways throughout Scripture. You see just, yeah, the heart of a father, right? He sets apart this this people for for his own sake. You know, he, he, he sanctifies them. He protects them. He gives them all these promises. 
He gives them his very self, you know, um, he calls them into a covenant and they're just rebellious and wayward and, and easily distracted and they turn away and turn away and turn away, Mm -hmm. but he remains steadfast Mm -hmm. for his people. So many times the, the psalmist identify the heart of the father as being merciful and gracious, slow to anger, compassionate, understanding of what it means to be human. Uh, Psalm 103 says, God knows our frame. <laughs> he gets that we uh, were weak and, and, and feeble. We're like the grass in the field. It's here one day and then it's gone the next mm-hmm. and its place remembers it no more. But the, but the steadfast love is from, of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Yeah. That's the heart of a father. And I think there is something sacrificial and servant, mm. you know, in that, in that. Yeah. And I think like sometimes we think about the word humility and we think about it in a, like a negative connotation of like, oh, they're like dirty and dusty and lowly, you know, whereas I think of humility as being willing to, to forego unnecessary glamour and, and honor for your benefit, you know, which mm-hmm. obviously God did through Jesus. But then I even think about just what God's kingdom, what the garden would have looked like if God was not a humble father, you know, mm-hmm. cause I mean, he's all powerful, right? He's, he's God. So if, if he wasn't a, a gentle and loving and humble father, what would the universe look like? Could you imagine mm-hmm. like instead of being what it is, and we having free will to to put our faith in him ourselves. And like Dan just explained how consistent and faithful and kind he is constantly with our fickleness, you know. Can you imagine what life would be like if that wasn't the case? If instead he was, as most kings and rulers are portrayed to be, you know, prideful and power hungry and vengeful and all these different things, you know, like, oof good yeah um it's interesting we know that god sent his son for us so perhaps we could look at that as the the greatest act of love which giving their life for someone Mm -hmm. and we just we talked about this with this covenant idea like yeah we agree to follow we'll give our lives for jesus but what about the little stuff like what about the little asks, um, are we willing to do those things? And, um, so I, I wondered, and maybe you guys answered that God, God actually, not only would he die for you, but he also would pick you up from about, the airport. He also, yeah, he also, <laughs> he also cares about the little things too. Um, and perhaps, and you, you I'm, I'm assuming your dad actually did pick her oh, up. Oh, he did. He did. My mom's not at the airport, though. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I want to, I want to experience God, hmm. the Father, more, more and more, and I think that that's what really our culture lacks, really knowing the person of God, and. It's fun getting to chew on this stuff with you guys because in my own life, I am a father. I would die for my son. 
when my son asked me to get on my knees and play with toys. That's a big ass. <laughs> Dude, you know? 100%, bro. And, and so I, I, I want to ask God for the power and the, the um, desire to do the little things. And it's, you know, that's why I'm curious. Does God do the little things? You know, does he exemplify yeah. caring about the little things? And I think he does. I think he does. I think, I think so, too. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament and just all the different encounters with different prophets and people, and it's just like, this is God of the universe, right? Yeah. Like, why is he concerning himself with this person, you know, or this guy with a whale or this guy in the desert? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet, to God that's a good use of his time yeah. to, to, to care for his children. Yeah. Gentile. It seems like he cares about Gentiles, Israelites, Samaritans. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, he cares about all the people he created. Yeah. In the big things, like they need my son and also in the little things, like they need to know love. They need to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to provide those things for them because that's the best thing for them. Even if at the end of their life they reject me, and they don't spend eternity with me, I still care about the little things for them. It's so good. I mean, there, there's so many evidences of God's just grace. Yeah. Right, yeah. and not, not even to people that are His children, yeah. right? But just we have this. Uh, abide worship night. It was a, in the backyard of, of the Colvin's house. Shout out to Dennis and Denise Colvin for hosting. It was an incredible time. There's about 60 of us just crammed in their backyard and we, we sang and we prayed and we shared testimonies and read scripture all while, uh, looking at the sunset over Mount Diablo. And it was just so cool. Like the wind was blowing and it was just a beautiful night. It just was, so powerful. And we ended with a baptism. Bailey Blanton got baptized and just such a sweet night. But Bailey had, had invited some of his, his friends to come. And, and one guy came, uh, not, not a believer, grew up Catholic, but we opened up just, uh, Hey, share, share a testimony. Like what is God? Let's worship God by just testifying to his goodness, you know? And some, some people shared some really sweet things. And then this guy in, you know, one of those like awkward long silences where you're just waiting for someone to (laughs) jump in there. This guy speaks up and he's just like, he's like, this might sound really cheesy, but I'm just, I'm grateful to be here. You know, just grateful that I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, he, he he could tell he didn't really fully understand what was going on. He was like, he's like, I love being here with you guys. I, I I see that you're trying to channel the energy of God and this is awesome. And, you know, he was like, he was just like trying to figure out what the heck was going on, yeah. but he was feeling something. He was like, he was witnessing and experiencing something yeah. and he was just grateful to that. He had breath in his lungs and mm. blood in his veins and, and that he, he, he was awake and alive to experience what was happening. And, <clears throat> and I think that, I think God the Father draws people to himself mm. by giving him the, giving us those graces. Yeah. Uh, a grace like uh, our family just went to, to Lake Tahoe. Have you guys ever been? Oh, yeah. Incredible. And yeah. Amazing. And we hit great weather. And on this lake are people from all over the world, you know, 
Yeah. And they're jet skiing and they're boating, they're fishing, they're just tanning, whatever. And I'm looking out and I'm holding Julian, our, our little three-year-old, and I said, Julian, do you know, do you know who made this, this lake? And he said, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, do you know that he made this lake for you to enjoy and for you to get to know how great he is. It's cool. By by enjoying this lake. And it's just the uh, the contrast of you could either be on that lake on the same lake on a jet ski going, oh, I'm just soaking up. I'm it's my weekend. I'm just having as much fun as I can. I'm just gonna this is all about me. Self serving. Right? Yeah. And 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 you get some joy out of it. And then there's another opportunity that God provides for every person that goes to that lake to go. I'm pursued. I I am cared for by the God who made this lake. Uh, and that and that could be added to the experience, right? Yeah. And, and, and to me, I think that's when the experience becomes real and full. Mm-hmm. You know, one is passing away. Like, okay, now now my work week starts, and I can't wait till I get back to Tahoe. Yeah. And the yeah. other one's just like, wow, I have a God who. Who just knows me? Who cares about me? Who wants me? And he wants he wants you to know him, and really that's that's at the core of so many of these kingdom principles. Is God the the, the God of the universe, the, the King of and Lord of all creation, is inviting us into His kingdom? He wants us to to know Him, and that that's been your point throughout yeah. this whole thing, Luke. Is is being in the kingdom is about is about being with God, yeah. and the reason he made everything is so that we could understand what he's like. Romans one talks about that, that the, um, the invisible qualities are made visible through what has been made so that men are without excuse. (laughs) Well, well, no one will ever be able to stand before God when the kingdom comes and say, Oh man, like I had no way of knowing like that you were, yeah, you know, God said, "No, just if you pay attention, if you open your eyes, if you tune in yeah. to what you see all around you, you will be able to find your way to me." Yeah, and that is, um, I mean, that's <clears throat> that is the evidence of of yeah. the, His grace and, and His he, heart, and he's, he's glorified in pouring into us. You know, like I had Julian, I you know, and Avery. Because I wanted to love someone well. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wanted the chance to pour into my yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, Take all that love that you and Elise shared mm-hmm. and, and, and overflow it into so, somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And it's like twofold. It's I want that experience selfishly, <laughs> but also I want them to experience it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right? That's good. Oh, absolutely. That's oh, so good. And I think it's a good thing for us to maybe. Uh, wrap up on thinking of just that relational part of it. At the end of the day, it's like you said, that's what it's about is mm-hmm. joy from relationship mm-hmm. is so much sweeter than joy from stuff. Right. Reminds me of, yeah. of one of the beard family mantras. He says a lot. He's like, we don't say love to talk about stuff. So their mantra is we love people. We don't love stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And for them, it's like a language thing, but yeah, it's a good yeah. thing to think about is like, it's so easy to think, slip into that way of thinking. Oh, I love my truck. I love that that taco. I love 
whatever hobby it my is. My truck is a taco. I love the house that I want to buy. See what I mean? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. We love stuff, but man, how much do we say that throughout our days? I love this person. You know, I love you, Luke Greenway. I love my wife, my daughter, my Wendy. I love this stranger that doesn't know the Lord. All those things. Mm-hmm. And, which again, throw, I mean, throw, throw, what's the word? Plug. Plug for tomorrow night at the gathering yes. on the same theme because I'm teaching. And at the end of the day, one of the takeaways is, man, you can't take stuff with you when you die. It's all in the dust, right? Mm-hmm. But you can send stuff ahead. You can invest and send treasures ahead that will invest in eternity. And you know what? At the end of the day, all those types of treasures, you know what they are? They're relational. Mm-hmm. They're they're with people. So, man, do you want to spend your time, your energy, like you said, chasing the weekend joy and stuff? Or, man, do you want to delight in who your Lord is? Mm-hmm. Do you want to invest in the people around you important to not just their happiness and their joy and their satisfaction right now on your own, but eternity? We're talking about forever and ever and ever yeah. with this kind of stuff, right? Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Luke, it's been such a, a a treat to have you with us, man. What a, I think we have to make this a regular thing. Yeah. I loved it. I love you guys. So it's a good time. If we put a picture of Luke as a thumbnail, we'll probably get like twice as many plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so <laughs> handsome. I wish you guys could see him. He's just such uh, a stud. Um, Hey, what, uh, what's going on in the life of the church this week? Anything we want to let people know about? We got our art camp. Kids, kids art are camp. kids at the crossing are doing art camp yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There's uh, over sixty people. I'm sorry, sixty kids, and I think over seventy people between like all the leaders and stuff like that. Yeah, and don't forget, this is the second art camp this summer, so we've had a ton of kids, and we're yeah. just so blessed by that. So be be praying for the fruit because it's it's a lot of kids from our church, but a lot of kids from outside the church as well, like friends and and all that stuff have been yep. invited and coming. So pray for the fruit of that. It's just been my kids came back last night on cloud nine. They had a blast. So shout out to Christy and her team. Shout out to Nicole and her team. And yeah, yeah, incredible. Also, don't forget guys coming up. If you serve in any ministry or in any way at VBC, August 14th, you better be here in this building at the crossing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check the newsletter, check your emails from your ministry leaders because the servant celebration is coming up and we want all of you guys to be there. It's a fiesta of love. <laughs> going to be nice. You'll be here, Luke. Yes. Yes. I'll be here. Fantastic. I think I always try to have a contest with, uh, it's just, you know, no one else really cares, but I, I try to get the most people from my ministry here for that nice. event. And I always try to go around and count. And so making a big push this year to get a lot of Valley Bible worship people in the house. So you have a lot on, you have a great, huge team. Dude, our team is just growing. It's, it's been incredible. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool. Now I know the contest is on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. I lost. I'll take, take last You take place. the L. That's okay, okay. The least is the greatest. So you actually go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Have a great uh, week and weekend, and we'll see you guys on Sunday. Bye. Be blessed. Peace. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.